Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Conquest Chronicles podcast. This is Matt here, along with Dina, and we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna get straight to it. Um, quite a few to get to. Gonna try to condense it down. Seeing it's Notre Dame week, we got um, a huge, huge game against the uh, USC. Got a huge game against Notre Dame coming up against the ranked number nine um, Fighting Irish. Coming off of the bye week where USC really just needed to fix themselves after their loss to Washington, a frustrating loss to Washington. So we'll get into that. Plus, good news on um, the Reggie Bush situation, which is something which we'll, we'll also tackle as well. But, um, Dina, how are you doing today? How is everything going? Pretty good. Just watching this NC State-Syracuse game. Nothing too exciting. <laughs> Pretty much. I um. What is it? Last I looked, it was six nothing. It's thirteen zero NC State. Hmm. Well, who knows? I mean, I think Syracuse is doing. You know, well, they they've had issues trying to find a quarterback. So I think that's one thing. That's one thing. But um, let's go ahead. Let's jump right into it. USC traveling to South Bend to play uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who is ranked number nine in the AP polls. Notre Dame is currently 4-1, and one, while USC is 3-1, and one, coming off of a loss to uh, Washington two weeks ago. Notre Dame coming off of a 52-0 shutout victory over, um, Bowling, over Bowling Green. Again, Bowling Green. So really not too much to make of that. But um, this... This game is going to be interesting because this could, this is going to be telling on where USC is. What adjustments USC made. It's coming off the bye week. They got everybody healthy. They have everyone coming back. Uh, they got, they got key players coming back. So mm -hmm. what, what are you looking towards for this game, Dina? I mean, what, what, what's one key thing that we should be looking for? Because right now, Keaton Slovis is ruled healthy. He's he's going to be starting. Talanoa Hafunga is cleared. Eliza Griffin is cleared. So they're getting just about everybody back in just in time. Yeah, I'm excited to get, you know, obviously all our, all our starters back. I'm excited to see what Keaton does, um, bouncing back from the BYU loss and bouncing back from being, you know, in concussion protocol. Um and I'm also excited to see what adjust adjustments USC makes because we all know that's um, where they struggle is making adjustments. So adjustments on defense and and uh, now on offense with with the not new quarterback but with Keaton back. Um, I'm also I don't know if um, a lot of people know this probably because it's been reported throughout the week, but Marquise Step is actually from Indiana, so. This is kind of like a homecoming for him. Um, he was committed to Notre Dame at a point and then uh, decommitted. Um, you know, and I read a stat that said he leads like some sort of – he leads some sort of stat among running backs. Like, Oh, yeah, the one – the ones that USC football were putting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he he lit. Here, it, it, I know because it said Keaton Slovis 
was also second in, per, in completion percentage. Well, and people have to understand that's because he's only played, you know, a couple of games. Only played – well, yeah, he did. He only did play a couple of – well, I mean, are we talking starting-wise, starter-wise? Here it is. 52% of Marquis Steps' carries have resulted in first downs or touchdown, which lead all F- FBS running backs with 25-plus carries per pro football college. Pro football yeah. So I expect I expect um, Step to get he 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 did get um, increased playing time against um, Washington, which I was happy about, and I think it'll um, we'll see the same thing against Notre Dame. I mean, they really have no reason not to. I I agree with that. Um, I think this game, honestly, it I've been talking about this game for for weeks now. USC USC is coming in. Um, healthy, coming off of a loss, but they're coming off of a bye week. So that means you had two weeks to prepare for Notre Dame. Um, I I want to see, and I'm with you, I, I'm, I'm with you on this. I want to see what adjustments USC made, again, you know, for this game. What adjustments have they made to fix themselves? Because we've been hearing this, USC saying, well, we're focused on us, we're focused on us. Well, you've done one heck of a job showing you're focused on you because it's the same things that we've seen from 2018. So how do you adjust to that? What adjustments are made? That's what I want to see. Because really, if you really think about it, USC technically had two weeks. to. They had two weeks. Not There's no technical about it. You had two weeks to prepare for Notre Dame. If you go in and get blown out by Notre Dame after you had two weeks – you just need to start making changes. And I think that's what could happen. I think USC will end up making changes if they if they get beat. If they get beat down pretty good. So Yeah, and uh you know, it'll be a test not only for the offense, which has kind of str- struggled against Notre Dame, but um for the defense with Ian Book being so efficient this year, he's thrown for 1,254 yards, 13 touchdowns, two interceptions with uh, um, uh, his QBR ratings at 72.1. I'm trying to look for his completion percentage. 65.5, so not incredible, but not bad. Yeah, it's not nothing, you know, like... Here's the thing. It's nothing like it's out of this world, but it's not bad either. Um, I My thing is this with the offense, and we'll get to the defense in a second, but my thing with the offense, and I, and I just wanted to jump to it, what will USC do offensively? Um, I, 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 I want to see how they adjust because you got to think Notre Dame's going to drop eight in the coverage or, or seven in the coverage. They're going to drop seven to eight in the coverage. Yeah, I think how they game plan for Stanford. Um, but you, know. you can't you can't game plan. I, I don't think you can, and not to cut you off, Dina, but I don't think you can game plan the same way you did for Stanford as you did against Notre Dame, as you did as you are for Notre Dame. Because well, what they what I mean was what they did to get Stanford was quick and easy plays for Slovis. Um, right. You know, anticipating that Stanford was going to be very physical because they are always physical, and Notre Dame is going to be physical just like Stanford was should have been. <laughs> well, they weren't, but 
So that's that's what I mean by game planning, kind of similar to how they did for Stanford. I mean, the, the biggest thing is not letting Keaton oversink throws because that's when you get interceptions. Exactly, and you got to let him go through his read. you got to tell him to go through his read. Mm-hmm. I, 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 honestly, I, I can't help but to think Notre Dame is going to do the same thing as Washington and BYU. Drop eight in the coverage, rush three. But this is where the running game should, should come to play a part. And I think that's where we'll see the running game because Notre Dame is not going to want them to get the running game off. And if, right. USC can keep, if USC can get the pass game going, then by all means, they'll be fine. I, 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 yeah, a, a lot of people have been saying, you know, USC's receivers are, you know, they greatly outmatch um, Notre Dame. They do. They do. But USC's receivers greatly outmatch a lot of teams. They right. greatly outmatch BYU. I you mean, yeah. A struggle that know, was for them. Receivers to, aren't going to do any good if you can't get the ball to them, so. Well, and I'm just, I'm interested to see how, what adjustments are made. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the adjustments. That's the biggest thing fans and, you know, everyone needs to look at for USC is what, what are they going to do to adjust? Now, defensively, because this is, that's what I'm interested in seeing. What does USC do defensively, in your opinion? Um, I think they need to dial up more blitzes, get more pressure on the game. Yeah, USC, you know, kind of ever since Porter Gustin kind of got hurt a couple seasons ago, their big problem is not creating enough pressure on the quarterback. And I think, you know, with a quarterback like Ian Book, who can be very efficient, um, you know, you you should have quarterback pressure for every team, but especially teams with, you know, uh, a quarterback that headlines their team. I agree. Um, and honestly, if you look at the USC game, now, mind you, I was harsh on on um, Clancy Pendergast. Well, I have, Let me tell y'all, he was hot. He, <laughs> oh. he Getting texts from Matt during the Washington game, he was ready to go there and rip Clancy off the field. <laughs> yeah, y'all, he was... Oh, he was yes. human, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people were. I've been very, not. I've been very hard on Clancy Pendergast. I, I will admit that I've been extremely harsh on Clancy Pendergast. But yeah, it's I interesting have, that I don't really see. I mean, the things I see is everything is coming down on Helton, but you don't really see, at least not that I've seen, people on Twitter coming down on on Clancy Pendergast. Right, but but the thing is. And we have to be fair on this, and I have to be fair on this. The USC defense has not done a bad job. They have they not. Done, they haven't done as bad of a job as we think. I'm just tired of them getting gashed sideline to sideline or giving up the big play. Because if you think about it, one turnover, if USC could capitalize off their turnovers offensively, USC beats Washington. If you if you really think about it, take away the pat, take away the right. That game was closer than than people think. Exactly, it was because Easton didn't throw for a touchdown. USC had to deal. You, the defense had to deal with a short yard twice. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, really, the defense, if the defense keep doing what they're doing and keep getting better, and especially with Talanoa Hafunga and Eliza Griffin back, if mm-hmm. they keep doing this, I think they're in for a good performance. Because if you could slow down, well, then again, Stanford did slow down Jacob Easton, too. But USC held him without a touchdown. US, it was just, it was just the two short yards and you, and the, uh, the, uh, the 87 yard run that w- that did it. USC has to capitalize and finish drives. The quarterbacks have to make better decisions and USC has to be ready to, to cover sideline to sideline. They have to cover right. sideline to sideline and take away and contain the outside runs. Because if they can right, do that, another big—that's can... another big thing. Not only a, well, that's part of the adjustments is you know, like you said, covering sideline to sideline. Um, Notre Dame's leading rusher, Tony Jones Jr., has 381 yards so far um, and four touchdowns. So they're going to have to do that, and Notre Dame's going to throw some misdirections at them too. We already know they're going to do that, so. Um, let's go ahead and let's pick this game. Dino, who do you think wins this game? Who do you have winning this game? Well, you know me. I always, <laughs> I always uh, have USC winning. I think it's a, it's it's you. Can, it's not like, you know, we're going up against, um, Alabama. I guess you know this is a winnable game. Um, mm-hmm. and I think USC has every opportunity to win it if they just execute and not shoot themselves in the foot. That's another thing. Penalties shooting th- themselves in the foot have to be prevented. Yes. Because Notre Dame is a team that can capitalize on penalties and miscues. Um, so I'm going to say, and I know, I think I, uh, saw that Scott Schrader from, um, Trojan Insider also picked picked USC to win, and people were kind of giving them some some heat on Twitter. But but the last um, time he picked US, last time he did it. Yeah, me remember and him, he did it. He yeah, did it Utah me and him USC against Utah, and look what happened. <laughs> I picked us. Well, well, I don't. Although I picked USC for Washington too, so yeah, BYU. Um, I I've been. You know, unless there unless there's some egregious circumstances where we're like down to a walk on quarterback and none of our running backs and our defense is all hurt, like I always believe USC can win the game just because of our talent. Um, so I don't think this game is going to be high scoring. Um, I think it's going to be very physical, very hard hard fought. Um, I think it's going to come down if USC plays well to the last you know couple minutes. Um, Kind of like the the Utah game, um, right? Where if, USC, say, if things go right for USC, then I'm going to say twenty-one, uh, twenty-one. No, I'll say twenty-four, twenty-one, USC. Well, and this, a field goal I, from Chase McGrath can seal the deal. <laughs> well, as you guys know me, I've been picking USC to lose in most games, and there's time I've been I've been off on all my predictions. I say USC would score fifty against Fresno State. <laughs> yeah. 
or I said USC would get blown out. It I didn't happen. <laughs> I said they'd get blown out twice and it didn't and it didn't happen. However, if Dina, do you remember what I said during the off season? There was um, one game I, I, I predicted and I said this was it was going to happen. Yeah, that we would upset Notre Dame. Is that I said no? I said USC would defeat Notre Dame in South Bend. Mm-hmm. I felt this is I feel I felt this was the year. I felt this was yeah, the Notre year. Yeah, Notre Dame hasn't beat uh USC three times in a row according to some According, that. according to that, yeah, it, was, it just popped up on ESPN actually. USC or Notre Dame has not defeated USC three times in a row since 1999 through 2001. I think, and USC has not defeated Notre Dame in South Bend since 2011. USC is due for a victory in South Bend. Yeah, this is going to be a big, big moment for for true freshman Keaton Slovis, and he could be a legend. <laughs> yes, if, if US, he wins this game, if USC gets blown out, it's kind of similar. Sorry to cut you off, but it's kind of similar to Matt Barkley going into Ohio State his freshman year. Yeah, very similar, very similar. Um, if USC gets blown out, I think I think Clay Helton is gone. If USC loses by two scores or more. And it's overwhelming. I think I think he's gone. However, I'm gonna do the I I'm gonna stick with my predict off season prediction. I think USC wins this game. I I'm the type of person who will make a prediction and will stick with it. And I, we saw and we saw it's not like Notre Dame has been playing perfect football. We saw him um, rattled when they played. They played Georgia pretty tight, actually. No, was it Louisville? Georgia. Was it Louisville for it was a couple Louisville. quarters? Yeah. It was Louisville. Granted, that was their first game, but um, for a couple quarters there, we, we saw Louisville hanging with them, so. Yeah, I think USC, I can't give a score. I, I, I honestly, I can't put a score on it, but I think USC wins a close game in South Bend. I think they beat Notre Dame in South Bend. Uh, it's it's overdue. It's bound to happen. I think this is the year it happens. I think USC goes in, beats Notre Dame, and Clay Hilton survive survives for another another week. <laughs> but with that being said, uh, let's move on to our uh, to our next subject. Which is also huge news. It is also very huge. And that is surrounding Reggie Bush. So, um, Trojansports.com and, and Reign of Troy put up an article and it was from Steve Lopes, or not Steve Lopes, but, um, Dave Roberts, excuse me, from interim athletic director Dave Roberts. And interim athletic director Dave Roberts has made a note that, um, have made a note about Reggie Bush 
and the uh, sanction and and the sanctions towards Reggie Bush and USC. As everyone knows, USC was sanctioned for something that uh, for for Reggie Bush taking how can I put it for taking um, improper benefits or his his stepdad, as we should say. And the thing with that is that um, is was that a part of that sanction USC was to permanently disassociate itself from Reggie Bush. I honestly and, and and this is this literally I I sent Dina a text and I was literally holding back tears when I read this. You guys may think I'm weird for this, but whatever. Um that in the article that was put out today the NCAA well, not the NCAA, but the NCAA, it, it, well, I'll get to that in a minute, but um, USC, in, in June, I'm trying to find a way to put this, in June of 2020, the permanent disassociation with Reggie Bush and USC will expire. Hear me right on this, everybody. The permanent disassociation, the permanent ban of US, of Reggie Bush from USC will come to an end of June of 2020. According to what Roberts say, um, in 2017, Committee of Infractions and NCAA passed a rule where that anything, a permanent disassociation of 10 years is to automatically expire. After those 10 years, after those 10 years, it is up to the school. It is up to the school to honor the player who has been uh, disassociated or permanently disassociated of that player. So in June of 2020, USC will have the option to bring back Reggie Bush and to honor Reggie Bush and to put all of his stats and everything up. Now, if you've heard or if you've read articles, USC has mentioned that they will welcome Reggie Bush back with open arms. Tim Tesalone uh, said in the L.A. Times that the ball or, or that they've uh, made requests to bring Reggie Bush back sooner or to have an ending on a permanent disassociation and an NCAA um, decline. Now, this was passed in 2017. So I think when they did like the multiple, um, what is it? The multiple appeals, it hasn't, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't 10 years. Come 2020, it would have been 10 years because the sanctions happened in 2010, in June of 2010. It would have been 10 years since those sanctions were, were dropped on USC and that US and that Reggie Bush was permanently, uh, banned from USC per the NCAA. So that's huge news right there. And given that the given the feedback that Reggie Bush had at the Coliseum, you would think USC will jump on this pretty quickly. Now then again, Reggie Bush should be back. It's up to the it's up to USC next year. So the countdown is on. June, so mark that down. I don't know a specific date, but June of 2020 is when Reggie Bush 
the permanent disassociation that the NCAA set between Reggie Bush and USC will come to an end. From there, USC has the option, and the ball it will be in USC's court. So the ball is going to be in USC's court. Yeah, there's really no reason, or because I feel like, you know, if USC were to for some reason not allow him back, there would be incredible backlash when you know they're already fighting bad press as it is. I think this is a you mentioned this too, you, and you're correct. USC has multiple bad press going on as it is. You know, I haven't came, I haven't spoken or seen a single, you know, alumni, student, fan who does not want Reggie Bush welcome back. Oh, I have. Really? I've seen two. Two. <laughs> okay, two out of thousands. And honestly, I think this happens. I, I honestly think this happens rather quickly. And here's why. USC with Reggie, with Reggie Bush, huge recruiting tool. Right. Yeah, I was just about to say. Mm-hmm. Huge recruiting tool. What way it, to, to get back on the good graces of your fan base outside of firing Clay Helton okay. is to have, is to have Reggie Bush, one of the, the, if not the greatest player in program history. And I guess you could say the the greatest player in college football, one of the greatest players in college football. What a way to have him have his jersey up, have his have everything up of him, have him around the program, everything. Because you see all the older players mm-hmm. come back. Taylor Mays has been around camp, has has been around the, the team. Um, Matt Leiner has been around the program, you know. But Reggie Bush is the guy who will literally put everything over the edge. Mike Williams has been around. You know, every past player you can think of has been around USC at some capacity. What a way to have Reggie Bush back. And can you imagine? Oh, could you imagine the day Reggie Bush is a, uh, leads the team out the tunnel? Yeah, what if, I mean, you know, what a sight that would be. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> be there with my Reggie Bush jersey. I will have my Reggie Bush jersey. Yeah, if USC, if USC wants to, to sell out, uh, to have a sellout crowd, that's one way to do it. Oh, we're going. <laughs> I don't know about, I, I, I don't know what you're planning on, but we're going. The day that happens... Yeah, that would be that would be day, a sight. I I kid you not. The day that happens, I will be there in my Reggie Bush jer- Rose Bowl jersey, and I will not stop until I get a picture with Reggie Bush. <laughs> Crazy podcast uh, recording live from jail. <laughs> recording live from. From Coliseum Jail. But other than that, um, I think that will do it for us. That again, a rather short podcast, but pretty fun and to the point. 
Um, be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter at C Chronicles SBN, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Matt A. Lowry. You can follow me at Always Compete. And make sure you uh, you listen to our podcast on um, Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, and the uh, and the megaphone and megaphone. So um, be sure to take a listen to us, rate us, and uh, until then, we'll talk to everybody next week and fight on. Fight on.